Hi, this is Nedley King, and I just want to say hi to all the Spurs fans in Canada. Season 2, Episode 1, Season 2, Episode 1, for you speaking French, uh, in uh, the True North podcast. The season started already, and uh, lots of nothing to talk about. Yeah, right, okay, there's shitloads of stuff to talk about. Uh, the documentary, um, first game of the season, transfer rumours right up to date right now with... Uh, uh, goes was it Regilon? We're getting on Regilon. We're hoping from we're raiding raiding Real Madrid um, with somebody else who hope also help doesn't regale on us and doesn't bail on us either. Hint hint. Um, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, what's happening in Europa League? Uh, predictions and updates and all the fun stuff uh, that's going to happen in the next hour or so. And I have a guest. And at the start of my first podcast, I put a challenge out there and said. I want the furthest west, the furthest north, or the furthest east. Well, the furthest east we've got so far has been Halifax. Uh, nobody's come in as the furthest north, but I don't know if we can get any further west than Tofino, beautiful British Columbia. There's a challenge for you. If you're up by the uh, Alaska border, maybe give me a shout. But I welcome uh, to our show, Daniel Goodwin. Welcome. Hello there, Bill. You're right, mate. Thank you for having me. It's um, I'm stoked to be on the podcast and to... Uh... Talk to talk about Tottenham with you and to talk to Spurs fans across Canada. Thank you so much, mate, for having me on. No problem. I mean, it's unavoidable across Canada. And I've got one, you've got one. There's a British accent kind of banging around. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, what brings you to Canada and Tofino? Yeah, so I, I moved to Canada about six years ago in 2014. So I've been here for a few years now. And I live in a, a place called Tofino on the very west of uh, Vancouver Island which is in the very far west of Canada itself. We really are on like the edge of the world here in Tofino. It's a very small community. I think we're about 6,000 people in the summer and about 2,000 people most of the year round. Um, beautiful, beautiful place. Loads of wildlife and nature. Trees that are thousands of years old, um, old like old growth rainforest. We live in the temperate rainforest here. And it's a big surfing community. Um, I love to surf. And um, it's very much like a cool lifestyle living here in Tofino. Um, everyone is very chilled out. No one's in a rush to be anywhere. I'm um, living the dream in Tofino. Fantastic. I, it really suits me here. Yeah. I got there once a uh, year, year or so ago, and we went, went we went storm watching, and we got to see some storms. But the storms are so bad, we nearly didn't get the ferry home. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the storms washed across, and then all the ferries going back to the mainland were absolutely. We've got what the I think the last one out for the day. So, so. Um, what makes you a Spurs fan? What brings you to the, the Lily Whites? Yeah, I'm from a place called Upminster, which is just on the east end of London. Um, we're just within the M25, so we're not quite Essex and we're not quite London. People from Essex <laughs> would say that we're not Essex and Londoners wouldn't call us London either. And uh, Bill, yeah, where I'm from, it's um, an absolute infestation of West Ham. I mean, it's absolutely crawling with West Ham where I'm from. Um, and I would say I'm the second, the second most supported club is Tottenham. And lucky for me, my family raised me Spurs. Um, all my family are massive Spurs fans, but all my friends are West Ham. So, you know, my childhood was spent in the playground, just fighting and arguing with my friends all day long. <laughs> Who's better, Tottenham or Arsenal? I mean, it's obvious now, isn't it? But back then when I was a kid in like the late 90s or the early 2000s, there wasn't a lot between uh, Tottenham and West Ham. We, we were both like mid-table uh, lower league kind of table clubs. We had our star players like Sheringham and Les Ferdinand and David Ginola. And, you know, West Ham had the Canio and a lot of uh, good young players. 
uh, rising up in the academy. So back then, I really had to argue my point, but I'm happy to say as time's gone on, Tottenham are clearly the better club. And, uh, you know, I've got my, my family to thank for that. My, my dad was a, a huge Spurs fan. He was born in Hackney, and then he, he grew up around Wolfram Stone. man, so was I. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, good yeah. part of London. My, my sister's there now. She lives in Acne, so all my family are back there. And uh, yeah, my dad, he wouldn't let me be anything but Spurs. You know, it was your, your Spurs from the day you're, you're born, boy. And um, it took me to White Hart Lane. I think my first game was in the year 2000 against Stockport. I think we won 4-0, some kind of FA Cup game. I was only a, a young boy. And then I had a season ticket for five years. Didn't miss a game. Um, yeah, and my, my dad, you know, he followed Spurs in the 70s and 80s. He went all around Europe when we won the UEFA Cup. Um, and yeah, he, you know, he's my hero, my dad, and you know, I'm Spurs because of him. And yeah, we, we, we all bleed Tottenham in my family. Fantastic. You know what? I think your dad and myself, were, we could probably pull up a sandbag as I say in the military. I went uh, UEFA Cup final home and away. And that that was a night and a half. I could do a show just on that. That's a that's a chapter in my memoirs. Um, it was crazy, nasty, scary, uh, yep. fun. Uh, just yeah, all in one a night. Lot, uh, a lot. Of <laughs> well, yeah, I was only sixteen at the time, sixteen, seventeen at the time, uh, and I went by myself to Belgium on a bus. Um, that's another story. I don't want to go get dive into that too much. That's for another time. But yeah, it was. Um, it was more all of the the Belgian police and the the um, you know the troubles and this that and the other and you're trying to stay out of it and uh, I wasn't the hooligan by any stretch and you're just trying to just go and enjoy enjoy it but man it was uh, yeah I'm sure uh, I, I, you never know it depends where your dad stood I probably stood next to him maybe at one stage or another. Oh, I bet yeah no, he, he, he was everywhere he, he absolutely loved it yeah perfect perfect that you know well uh, uh, cut you in half blue and white I love it so that's um. <laughs> So we've 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 had a lot, to, you know. We were joking about nothing to talk about, but man, there's been so much going on. And um, I think, I, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of people who haven't seen the documentary yet. Uh, I know both you and I have seen all the episodes. I just finished the last episode about an hour or so ago, kind of in preparation for this call. Um, what are your thoughts, you know, a, a, a overall, and any any things that surprised you, or you, or you just went. Uh, yeah, I kind of thought that's the way it was, or you know, I'd love to hear what you got to think about it. It was it was a lot more revealing than I, than I thought it would be actually, and I, I was always dubious about it. I thought, oh, do we really need this? But I feel like it was a very Tottenham thing to do. You know, we used to shift DVDs back in the day in the club shop, and it feels like this is a natural progression <laughs> almost to get our own Amazon streaming show. So I, I immediately thought, oh, that's classic Levy, and I, I was I was very wary. I think we all were. We were kind of scared what, what impact that would have, but we were so excited to learn more about the club and to see the players behind the scenes. And I think in the last few episodes, can't spoil too much, can we? We know what happened. But um, when Sun and Lloris had that bust up, and they really showed that almost the whole of the half-time in the yeah. dressing room, I couldn't believe how much they were showing us. And um, at one, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat, but at the same time, I'm thinking, God, you the whole world is seeing this, you know, is, is this okay for the players? Um, and I always said to myself, you know, let's see how the season starts. If we just go on a winning run and, and we're doing all right, then oh, no harm done. But if we start losing games, I was thinking, oh, I can't help but point fingers at Amazon and the documentary, but it's only been one game. And like we said, things have changed so quickly. Yeah, it's, I, I, I was interesting because um, I was watching um, 
a lot of it and you obviously the with the departure of uh, Pochettino was only very you know briefly it was like half the first episode but I think a lot of the stuff that I, I found was was just that you know it became the you know Mourinho show obviously you know he's he's the focal point but I, I was interesting to watch Daniel Levy you know there's that'd be three Daniels right there's you me and, and uh, <laughs> last name first name and, and him and um he he improves. I think towards the end of the end of the show, he much got much more relaxed in front of the camera. He always appears very socially awkward. I bumped into him once, oh, yeah. uh, name dropping or place dropping the Four Seasons Hotel in Denver when we were. I was there for the All Star game against the MLS. Oh yeah, and I remember even, watching that. Yeah, even I was know, I was actually yeah I was actually meeting other other Spurs officials there as when I was involved with Spurs Canada. Yep. And um, so I was with other um, Tottenham folk. And we, I kind of a loose kind of, if you want to say right now, socially distance high. And he just seemed very socially awkward, you know, but you kind of go, I just love the fact that he ta- he, t- he tells a little story, which I don't mind telling away, but basically his teacher at 16 told him, basically, leave school, you're going to be nothing. And oh, he yeah. Went, and he went, that ain't happening. Yes. And he just turned around and he said, I'm a fighter, you know, and you can see that, you know, nobody hates him on the, in the boardroom in regards to all the stuff he does with his transfers. But I was... I was um, I was more surprised by the how uh, and I'd heard about it that every talks to Mourinho and every every player he's ever had he still texts and and they all love him and now you can kind of see why right it's it seems really strange to me that um, he's got that attitude and you see how he protects his players but um, how do you think he come came across personality wise is this a Daniel you mean Mourinho. Oh, Mourinho. Yeah, I mean, I was never a fan. Like when when Poch got sacked and he, and his name was the first one linked, I was like, oh, please God, no, I can't can't do Jose. But I think it's just that initial kind of you know dislike towards him from United and Chelsea and stuff. And you know, I, I I'm I'm an optimistic person, so I was getting on board. He, he's growing on me, like a lot of people. I, I've liked watching him behind the scenes. I like the way he deals with the players. Like with the Lloris and Son bust up, he kind of mediated the the situation, and you know, it's it's really good to watch and. Um, yeah, I think I think he's doing a really good job. I still find him a little bit forced, like he's the way he talks to the players, trying to be their best mate. With Poch, it was so natural, and I think we, we all still love Pochettino, right? And it's kind of hard. It's like watching a someone else move on to your ex or something like that, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do, I, I, but I do have faith in Jose, and I, I do believe in him. And um, you know, what, the, the loss, you know, recently wasn't a good one, you know, against Everton. But I still have faith that it's going to come together. And with all the transfer gossip, gossip. But I mean, in, in the documentary, yeah, he, he yeah he comes across okay. It's just I, I'm still trying to look for Pochettino sometimes on the training ground. Yeah, I, you know, I think all all told, I think we came out of it, you know, really well. I mean, you could see because we were kind of okayish on the picture, and we ended up, you know, not um, really winning anything and and uh, and not losing either. You know, the the, the season kind of ended off it with like, oh, is that it? we're done right but it's interesting even even Mourinho said at the end again try not to give too much away he says it's the first time I've ever like celebrated finishing sixth but I've always finished in Europe every year I've qualified for Europe in everywhere I've been and yeah and, it, and, and you, it's huge considering if you look at that whole idea where he started off from at the start of the season um and where he took us to and all the shit that was going down with COVID and the injuries it, it is you know pretty much yeah. of a miracle 
what a season and what a seasons have the cameras in there and, and just thank God that we, we qualified at the end and those last few games and um, the, the win against Arsenal, the 2-1, that was huge. Like if, if, if that didn't happen, I don't know if I could have finished watching it. You know, that was this. <laughs> so it, it, I remember when the game was on and it, all throughout the season, I kept thinking about the, the documentary and then, and then when we got the win against us, I thought, oh, thank God I can, I can watch the last few episodes and sort of enjoy it a little bit. So, but no, he, he, he pulled it off in the end, Mourinho. And, and it's true. Those injuries were the stuff of nightmares, losing Lloris and Kane and Son and, um, oh, so we, we we done well in the end to get through it, and I'm optimistic. I, I'm I haven't I'm not turned on Mourinho at all. I think, I, and I wouldn't want another manager out there in the world to be honest. Like there's maybe one or two I could think of, but I, I'm happy with Jose. I mean, there's not many better than him to be honest. Yeah, and it and it seems to me, which we can get onto that topic once we start talking about transfer rumours, but <clears throat> that he might have some backing. But then you then you kind of look at the whole idea of why that. Didn't he have any? Every other manager didn't have the backing before, particularly Pochettino when he overachieved. You know, you drop two or three major signings into that um, emerging squad and a squad that, uh, you know, if you want to say overachieved to get to the final, you know, we, we'd have been having that conversation, you know, chasing the title or, or with a number of trophies under our belt. So it seems interesting that there's there's been some you know, changing direction. There's been some change in the leadership, not only obviously with Mourinho, but, you know, with the director of football role as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. It's I agree with you. It's a reshuffle, isn't it? Of yeah, the club almost. I, a lot's changing. I wouldn't change it either. Nah. Um, now, and it's that, so, that winning mentality is what we hired, you know? Like, I, I don't always agree with what Mourinho does. I do agree with the subs and the tactical changes he does. Sometimes his management, I, I'm questioning how he's treating the players. But it's that winning, that winning uh, history and mentality is what we've bought. And that's got to pay off, isn't it? Well, just saying that, that's a lovely lead, a lovely segue into the shocking performance on the weekend, particularly the second half when the tactical changes were made that well, I was sitting in the in the pub in, in uh, all socially distance, of course, in Vancouver. And we're going like WTF with the second half. Um, what I mean, what are your thoughts? It was poor. Together, right? You know, this whole idea about how the team is as a team, like... Are they too nice? You know, are they not gritty enough? Are they not determined enough? Do they look into themselves too much when things go wrong? And then you think, well, he's had a couple of weeks. He's had, a, albeit a close season. Everybody's fit bowl one, maybe. And then we turn out a performance like that. Do you know, when I get homesick, I watch um, Match of the Day, right? And I, I managed to find a stream and I, I saw a stat on, on Match of the Day too. And it was so... Uh, six games had played, so that was 12 teams, right, in six games. And we were last for amount of interceptions. We made four interceptions in that game, so we were last out of the 12 teams that played up until our game. Our possession won, we were last out of all 12 teams, 42 times one possession. And we were last in attempted tackles, nine attempted tackles out of all the teams that played. Something was, was clearly wrong. Yeah, and it, it's it was it was odd because I mean I'm watching the game, you know, uh, I coach soccer at a, a junior level, but I've played it for many many years and coached for many years. And I'm looking at probably the most dynamic player on the field was Delhi, and he's the first one to go at half time. Whether he had a little knock, I don't know. Whether, but I heard it was tactical. And then the other changes that were made were like, I mean, unfortunately, Ndombele came on and he he. From all the good things that Mourinho said about yeah. the work he was putting in, he looked laboured, and yeah. it was it was to be saying that we could have been two three up in the first half. Yeah, yeah, we um, had our chances. I was oh. sure um, Doherty's was going in. 
Yeah, and then and of course, as always the case, every goalie like Ben Foster and 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 the like have worldies. Oh, isn't it always against Spurs? <laughs> They're always playing their hearts out. Every goalkeeper that faces us. I'm glad you said that and not me. I've always thought the same. Yeah, <laughs> but it, well, it, it is. If if you see that, it's it, you you get those guys who turn up. Like Ben Foster's the classic. Pickford had yeah. some games against us as well. It's ever since Paul Robinson beat him with that goal kick, you know, wasn't it? Or that free <laughs> kick, I think yeah, he's yeah, yeah, turned yeah. it on, isn't he? But um, <laughs> you're right. And I think Pickford was coming off of um, starting for England. I think he was on a bit of a high there. And yeah, no, he played great. And we, we had our chances. We should have cleared up in the first half. You know, when um, Sun was through and he passed to Delhi, that, that upset yeah. me a little bit. It, he didn't seem to think about it too much, Delhi. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised you said you're surprised that he got taken off. I didn't think he was having much of an impact. He was. Yeah. He seemed to be drifting a lot from that number 10 role. And um, I, do, I don't know. I, I wasn't that upset by it, to be honest, uh, when, yeah. he, when he got taken off. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the beauty of football, isn't it? Everybody's got their own yeah. opinions here. I, I just thought he was, a he, again, particularly with... He was uh, drifting. Yeah, he's always drifting. I mean, again, get to the documentary. There was all. There's even talk about that in in uh, in one of the slots that they're talking about with him drifting out of position. But I look at um, being dynamic, and he was he was being kind of the linchpin, even if he was drifting around. But and that's where you see that all of a sudden we became very one paced. We became very flat. We became yeah. Uh, and and all of a sudden, you know. Everton are away from home and they've got a lead and they're not going to come at us if they don't have to, right? And as you rightly said with, with the stats, it was yeah, it was it wasn't good. I think but, we uh, really miss Lacelso as well. I mean, he, his creativity is what we need at the moment. Without Ericsson, we have to get Lacelso on the pitch. Yeah, definitely, and I I, I agree with you. I know that uh, you kind of think we were almost fully fit squad, but the one player who was missing was probably the guy who finished the season the strongest. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when Kane's on, I mean, when we're missing Kane, uh, we, we do OK sometimes. We learn how to play without Kane. But I feel like when Kane's on the pitch and he's not having the best game, it really seems to impact the rest of the team. I mean, Kane just didn't look quite on it. And it just felt like another another sluggish start to the season. I'm so sick of him, you know, and um, we, we need to hit the ground running at the start. And it didn't feel like the first game of the season. We, we looked tired, but that shouldn't be the case no. Yeah, and I think was it Kane had you know he he went he went on holiday and then he had you know all of a sudden I think where is it Bahamas all of a sudden uh, or Barbados or whatever all of a sudden while he was there was added to the quarantine list so he had to come back uh, re quarantine then go to England they, they were two crap games right yeah and he played uh, the full ninety minutes maybe yeah and then, but, that weren't necessary. Yeah. Both of them were. Uh, I only saw the highlights, but both looked really insipid, particularly the second yeah. one. And then, yeah. uh, so he turns up, you know, probably match fit-ish, but not playing with the team for a, a month. <laughs> yeah, he just he looked off the pace, and he, yeah. he kind of had a, had a, a, a drop down effect to the rest of the players. I felt, and no one was kind of stepping up really without Kane leading it. I guess. Yeah, and then we get. In the 28 years of the Premier League, only our eighth home game uh, to start the season. And then we got a decent second. <laughs> is that so? Not too, yeah, it is. And not too far away, Southampton. So nobody not wrapping up to Newcastle. That's the following week. And then off to Bulgaria for tomorrow. Cool. <laughs> so so I've, probably by the time I post this, the game's probably been played. But um, 
I think we're both hoping, expecting uh, a win, but I yeah, don't. Yeah, g- great win, I'm... wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump the gun there. Two <laughs> bits. Oh, we were crap, <laughs> right? <And the> cut. <laughs> Yeah, what a fantastic way to kind of kick off our European campaign. Cut, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we you know, it's because this is one off, isn't it? It's no two leg. It's a must win, right? And it's, then we, we play another qualifier. Is it another knockout qualifier? I believe I so. so. Yeah, yeah. they've already picked it away again. So I think if it comes back, then we come back and then we go again away the following week between then and the Newcastle game. I oh, so, didn't realise how much I missed the Europa League. Oh, yeah, it's good, good to be back. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I believe as well for all, all the Canadian fans listening, uh, none of the, the games are being shown or the early games are being shown on DAZN. No, um, I've got DAZN. I've already checked. Yeah. yeah, and I believe they still have the rights until 2021 because I know in the UK they've had some TV rights changes. Um, so maybe they're just not showing the early qualifying games because typically they are pretty crud. Um, yep. So you get through those and then and then rock in and and uh, hopefully kick off well if you look at what happened to Wolves though at the start of the season they had all these qualifying games and they were garbage at the start of the season and then had to pick it up you know coming into the start of the season and and then then they kicked luckily they kicked on but they struggled as well with all the travel and all the other bits and pieces so hopefully that doesn't follow on but yeah no I, I remember that well and they ended up going quite far but hopefully our squad depth will get us through that but yeah it's a lot of games a lot of games <laughs> Is it? Is it ever? And then, so I, I think, so I think we're both gently comfortable. Win, you'd say? Yeah, I know nothing about this locomotive Bulgaria team. Um, yeah, good, yeah, good luck to Spurs. I just hope that the, some of the young players get some minutes and just step it up. And we we need our second string team to really uh, have some good games, really, and then force their way into the first team. So, yeah, yeah I, I I hope we can do it. I'm looking forward to it. And nobody gets hurt because I know the coach wants to kick us up in the air. Oh, uh, yeah, please. Can't be taking a battering from him. Yeah, I, I agree. So, And then we roll on to our uh, next game of the season, uh, uh, first away game against Southampton. Now, they're an interesting unit, um, considering we've, uh, you know, stolen one of their key players. Um, and uh, so um, how, how do you think that will go? Yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on our centre-backs. Um, I think Sanchez and Dyer need to need to pull themselves together a little bit. I want to see more of them. And I think Danny Ings is the danger, isn't he? So I think that will be the one to watch. How, how can we control Ings and, and see how that goes? You know, I'm, I, we should be beating teams like Southampton. Did you say we're, we're away? We're away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should, we, we should still be um, um, you know, winning that game. I think Ings is the one to watch, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And again, I mean, I think every man and his dog has been linked with Tottenham in the last month. And Ings was even linked as, you know, as we clamor for this, I hate the term like backup striker. It's a question. He's a striker. And if you bring him along and if you look at, you know, um, uh, but the whole idea with like, with, as I talk about, you know, the big teams and Spurs were a big team is that you look at Man City, you look at, you know, me United, you look at, you know, all the big teams, you know, Liverpool and, they have several strikers and they, they're quite happy to sit and wait and be rotated in all the big competitions because they're paid well, right? And I, albeit COVID has kicked everybody in the arse and, and, and Tottenham were the most with the new stadium. But we're not yeah. a poor club. We're not a poor club. And I think no. that's starting to change um, as to how we how we roll into a ton of stuff. It's it's you know it's starting to change tremendously um, with all of the rumours that are kicking around that today yeah. it's an exciting day if what we're talking about lands because it looks like 
you know, um, Daniel and his team looks like they've done a, you know, a, a blanket raid of Real Madrid. So um, tell me what you've it. heard and I'll tell you what I've heard and let's see if we can put some facts on some optimism. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've been stoked to do this podcast, but never did I believe that this kind of news would happen in the last 24 hours. I think we were meant to do this chat yesterday and I sent you a message saying these bail stories circulating. I, I wasn't taking very seriously at the time. And because of our time zone, I went to bed and it's, they're really going these stories now. And um, yeah, come home, Gareth. We, we, we want you back. I don't think there's a Spurs fan that can argue against that. What have we got to lose? Is it? Well, it's a loan deal. He can come back, and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't. He goes back to Madrid and, and onwards with his career. He, or he could come back and be, go down in history as as you know, who knows what, what's possible. I mean, Kane and Bale together. I I, I never thought. It, I can't even. I still can't see it. I can't believe it. It's it's a stuff of dreams, isn't it? And um, yeah, I, I love the bloke. I, I want him back. Yeah, I agree. But then I, you know, I'm, I'm always, I think I was on Twitter and I said, you know, I wouldn't have him. And somebody said to me, guys, are you drunk, Bill? And, and I, and I said, but it's mainly for the fact of, you know, the whole idea is, you know, is he worth it? Would, you know, would, uh, um, but no, that was also talking about Messi as well. So would you buy Messi? I go, no. And he went, what? Yeah. That, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to agree. I haven't been always the biggest sport. Like, oh, yeah, come, come on. We've got to bring Bale back. And I've always thought, you know, let's kick on without him. We, we don't need him. The other players can feel his boots and stuff, but I can't help but feel we've kind of tried. And I think the difference in that Champions League final would have been Bale. And, I think now we haven't got anything to lose. We've tried it with, with all the boys. Our team has almost weakened, really, from what it was yeah. two or three years ago. We need that lift. And um, I've never been asking for Bow to come back, but it's looking possible. Um, it looks like, like you say, we're going to spend our cash now. And, you know, season, long loan. It, it's just the stuff of, um, of dreams, really, you know. And it, Bow has been absent for so long in the La Liga seasons and and then he comes on and he's a force of nature when he wants to be I mean we, we all saw him I suppose he done it every single game and we shouldn't get our hopes up seeing that again but he's capable and if he wants to do it I think he, he can win us something Bale can yeah he's a different player now you know we, you know, we don't expect taxi for Mike on again because he's 31 right and and yep. we all forget that he's been gone for seven years right uh, and if you look at kind of how that all kind of rolled out um I know he's got you know soft spots of spurs it's where he made his name I know and also they all talk about Man United but there was always like a buyback clause anyway in his contract um right from the get-go yeah which expired i think him. right a year, a year yeah, yeah so yeah. so so with that in mind it, it was so for him to make that choice um you know and i think with that as well if he go if he goes to united he could end up in a pissing match and and doing you know look look at you know pogba you think he'd play every game and he doesn't right and uh you see club you know squad rotation etc etc but you know you don't um you got to earn your spot. He'll earn his spot, but he'll get more chance of playing every week with Mourinho and Spurs. And I agree with you. Those, an older, wiser, seasoned pro who's won almost everything uh, in the dressing room as well. Um, and hopefully he comes back with the energy to play. Um, I can see it being a fantastic addition if it comes through. You know, there's many players out there that are in their 30s um, as footballers and they're still killing it. They're still smashing it. And I think Bell... The, the, doesn't have to be anything different. You know, and we've got Messi and Ronaldo, what are they, 34, 35? Obama Yang's 31. Um, I think Hammers, I know he's like 29, I guess, but I don't think Bale has passed it. And, you know, he, he's got, he, might, 
he must have a lot of fire left in him, you know, because he hasn't been able to really play his game at Madrid. And I, I've, I've really got, a, I don't know, I, I guess I'm like everyone else, but I've, I've got a feeling with him coming back. And um, I've, I think he's going to play his heart out for us. I, th- I think he's probably still got it. And it's a, once again, it's a one-year loan. It, maybe he won't. And w- what have we lost, really? It can only improve us. I, I think this whole thing about Kane sharing the limelight, like you said about the second striker, I think the players need um, someone else to carry the team a little bit. Like Kane can't continue to carry him. He wants the help. He wants the support. So if he does get injured, he doesn't, all the pressure's not on him. You know, other players can step up. And having a player like Bale, is exactly what the team need, I think. And um, um, one last point. I feel like we, we were kind of um, a little bit of imposter syndrome in, in the Champions League final. And I'm not sure if the team really felt like they belonged there. And, you know, we got through in such a sensational way. But I still feel like, oh, we snuck our way into this final. And I think having someone like Bale, who's left us, achieved it all, proven himself, scored the winning goals, stunning winning goals in Champions League final, deserves way more credit than he really gets at Madrid. He'll come back and go, right, lads, I'm here. And they'll be looking at him going, we can do it now. This guy's been at the club and proven it, and he's back again, you know, to help us. And, oh, man, I think this could be big. I really do. Yeah. And, and it's not over the line yet, so I, I don't know how I should shut my mouth, really. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, there are two interesting things you said there. There are two factors. And I talk about the Champions League final first, because that was probably the worst final I've watched. Forget yeah. Tottenham playing in it. It was garbage, obviously destroyed by the penalty decision. And even looking at it from a neutral perspective, it never was. But we were better than them on the day and we just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Right. And, Something and was not there. Yeah. They, and, and they played Liverpool played terribly and won. Right. And um, I've looked at that final and we were all over them. And, uh, but then again, but then the keeper made a bucket of the saves and they were easy saves. So we weren't finishing it off. And I look at it kind of, kind of go, wow, you know, on a different day, as he said, with a, with a different sort of playmaker, with a different edge. Um, again, that whole, should Kane have started or not? Here you go, you know, there's, we're all human beings with emotions and yeah. uh, it would be tough with a fit Kane not where, to stop uh, him. And, yeah, but we, I mean, we could talk where, about that. Where were you, but, Bill, for the, for the final? Were you at the railway? Yeah, we so yeah, we had um we had actually had the railway and we took up I was there, mate. Oh, were you there as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, was I, I would love to tell my little story about how I got there, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I um I was without a car and I just moved to Tofino. Somehow we, we got through that semi final and I, I didn't get to watch it properly, you know, I just watched it on my laptop and it felt it was a bit surreal, you know, not not being around my family and, and other supporters. So I ended up buying a car, a little seven hundred dollar car. Um, a few days before the final, I drove it all the way over the night before the final, um, slept in my car. Um, hostel prices were really dear <laughs> in Vancouver at the time, um, in the middle of the summer, right? And I thought, I've just bought this car. I would love to just camp out for the night. So I actually went down to Queen Elizabeth Park, camped out in my car, made sure no one was kind of, no security were around. Got up early in the morning, caught the uh, SkyTrain um, into downtown Granville, uh, loved it and like loved meeting all the fans, got a great seat. But um, I was I was in tears. I was crying like a baby in by the 60th, 70th minute. Um, and then obviously drink the sorrows away. And I, I was at that pub for the rest of the day after that. And uh, yeah. back to my car. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, I remember I think I was 
I started because we had an early thing for our members where we had the breakfast first. So we had like 50 people in the lineup was around the corner and we had my wife and my boy were running the second pub. We took over the Arsenal pub, which isn't the Arsenal pub anymore, Library Square. That's right. Uh, yeah. And we had, and I'm not dropping the railway in it, but I am, but they were slightly, ever so slightly like shit loads more capacity than they were legally allowed to be for that, for the final. And then we had probably the same amount in the, um, in, in library square but there were there was splattered with a couple of liverpool fans as well but yeah that was crazy and i think it was so surreal because i was excuse me involved in organizing it a bit as well oh, a lot really i think I, I i was drinking but wasn't getting drunk <laughs> and i don't think i sat down from like 8 a.m till probably like four in the afternoon just buzzing around and doing stuff and whatever yeah that was that was great but wow that's a fantastic story to, to buy the car and sleep out in it and i just we just wished that we'd have a a better result after all of that i mean it was uh it was going to be a tattoo i got a different tattoo in the end if we'd have won oh, oh i was uh, i had my tattoo ready as well the same as my dad's i was just waiting for us to win it so i've still got that spot waiting yeah, I end up getting a Vancouver Spurs one in its stead because we we founded the club formally just slightly afterwards. And uh, uh, my first guest, Alan, on the on the call was uh, on the podcast. Took me uh, to get my tattoo done, and I still said he didn't. He you know he didn't bring me beers and he didn't wipe my brow and you know he just took pictures <laughs> and took piss. <laughs> That's a nice memory. I, I thought you know I thought I would tell my grand kids about this when we won the champions league and now i, I don't feel like i'm going to share the story yeah too much. well well the well the the semi-final was um you can imagine unbelievable i think i didn't i lost my voice for two three days after that incredible uh, and uh yeah that was a that was a fantastic i've mentioned it before we have uh, one of our group miles uh it was his birthday and we went two nil down and he left and then uh i can't take this and then we came back with two and he came back in with about 10 minutes to go enough time for the winner oh yeah it was it was incredible oh, i bet he went bananas didn't he yeah, yeah. yeah was, oh, <laughs> the whole place went crazy i mean the same thing again we were uh, slightly over capacity again i think at that he's so proud of the boys though and the, the whole singing uh, don't worry uh, don't worry about a thing bob marley three little birds at half time i know that's uh, yeah, club yeah. Anthem, but i was raging you know and or i just i can't believe how we turned it around but, yeah it, anyway <laughs> it's it's you know it's one of those things that it, it's it's a, you know i look at it it's a great memory i think one of those things you triumph over adversity but then you look at you know you could speak to a number of spurs fans and says, but we didn't win anything and we haven't won anything for a long time and i agree with them as i agree with them as well you know i agree with with that point that you know if you walk away empty-handed then it's like oh, but you've got to enjoy the journey you know you it's it's just the whole thing. This is a journey and we're, we're in it for life. Right. So you've got to enjoy profound. it. Up, yeah. <laughs> ups, ups and downs. Right. You know, I've, I, the first year I started supporting Spurs, we got relegated said it before. And then we, then, you know, a few years after that, we're winning FA cups and UEFA cups and, you know, having great times. And then we dip again and then we come back again and, you know, football cyclical and, and life is ever changing. And it is yeah, yeah, it's pretty profound. It's like, I should do a different podcast. Um, there go. We're on the up again, <laughs> maybe let's see. <laughs> but, but the second point you mentioned was, uh, you know, age. And if you look at the model of every Mourinho team, you know, if you look at what he does, okay, he's normally had like 300 million to build it, right? But, um, which is looks like he's going to be getting, <laughs> uh, and what Gareth's wage is going to be, um, is he always has a guy or guys in the team who are, you know, seasoned vets, 
you know, that 30, 31, 32, whether they be homegrown or they be brought in, there's always homegrown talent in the team as well. Um, he, he has that blend of, if you want to say, youth of an experience, but he's always had the deep pockets to buy them. And now we're in a situation where, you know, there's we've obviously got a really strong core. You wouldn't be finishing the top four of the Premier League for the last couple of years without that. But I agree with you, the game changer. And, and I 100 uh, percent support, you know, your theory that he ain't too old. He's going to be a different Gareth Bale for sure. You watch him playing for um, uh, for Wales. He's still got pace. You know, he's oh, yeah. still sharp. He's still but he's, you know, he's a smarter player. And that's what, you know, Mourinho wants to have is a winner and a smarter player. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the team that Pochettino um, took over would not have been the team that Mourinho took over. Huh? It almost feels right, the progression we've had from Poch's team. He's, they're more experienced and older now, and maybe Mourinho's the one to take them on that, as they're more experienced. But it's got all the foundations of a Mourinho team. He's, he's had the same kind of problems with younger players at other clubs. I don't know, I'm kind of thinking Luke Shaw with Deli Ali. It's almost like a very similar thing happening. I think it's a tried and proven method that he's using it's not coincidental he's trying to be a bit more of the nice guy but he's still following that same sort of pattern that he does and um yeah i think i think bell bell will just suit that and uh you know if anyone can manage the big name everyone says it's Mourinho. and other footballers say this it's not just fans and pundits right it's uh, other footballers say you know i want to play for Mourinho. that's what would and i think bell said the same thing um i heard something compared with ollie and um uh, and Mourinho and, and, and Bale, you know, sort of liked the sound of Mourinho a bit more. He said that a few years ago. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't read it properly. But, um, yeah, he, he seems to want to play under Jose. So, you know, and, I, and it seems to me, I mean, there's, there's all been talk about, um, you know, strange, you know, deals going on. And, you know, and obviously we've got, you know, obviously not right now because it's the middle of the night in the UK. But, um uh, somebody is at the medical center for a me- for a medical for a, uh, for joining us. We talk about Sergio, was it? Regulion. Regulion. We kind of consensus of that. So, do you know anything about him? I mean, left well, what, back. But apart from what, what that, we, what are we going to call him? I, I can't be shouting at Regulion at the telly. He's got to be like Reggie. Yeah. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah, or just or Sergio or whatever or something yeah. else. You know, it's. It, <laughs> You've I thought Aurier was going to be a difficult one to uh, to say, but yeah, Regulian. But yeah, I, you know, I've never seen him play, but I, everyone tells me great things. And was he the best left back in the Liga? Won the Europa League with Seville. Yeah, the boy's got class, I think. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I agree. I think he's one of those players that, you know, if you look at um, where some of these players have come from, it, it was... You know, there's no guarantee if you look at you know the the likes of where you know Mo Salah came from. Okay, it was it was Chelsea in a way and back, and then you know it doesn't have to always be the glamour team. But often those guys who are, um, are playing really really well. But if you look at who's a front who's in front of him, right? It's 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 uh, he's playing consistently, but obviously he wants a new challenge. And I think he's he's the perfect age, 23. You know, you want to see. Him coming in, you know, even if nobody gets sold, it's it's challenging and adding to the squad. It's adding to everything else that's happening right now. It's 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 really really interesting. Oh, so. great signing! And I think I think a lot of the negotiations were based on that we would give Madrid the buyback clause and United uh, wouldn't get, give that buyback clause. And I think maybe the way Spurs are seeing it, let's say in uh, two years or something, this buyback uh, clause is activated. Maybe you want to stay at Spurs. Maybe he's enjoying it. We're winning. 
you know, where he's, he's winning things with us. He may not want to go back to Madrid. They've got a big rebuilding project. But I read somewhere that he's got his heart on playing for Madrid. So I think one of the reasons he's moving to us is uh, maybe he's got in the back of his mind that he wants to go back to Real one day. But um, maybe he won't have to, you know, maybe it'll all work out for him at Spurs. But uh, hey, if he wants to play for us... Um, yeah, and I and we look we've got more depth now and more strength. And I like Ben Davis personally. I think he's a, he's a great, uh, solid player, and it will be great support for one another them two. And then Aurier and Doherty on the right. I'm happy with Aurier as a backup. I think this team's it's coming together. As long as these players, you know, hold up the shirt and have their picture taken, then uh, I think we're, we're we're looking good. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting. I just had something pop up on my phone while we're talking to you, and apparently it's got nothing to do with interest in Real Madrid, but Deli Ali's been left at home from the Bulgaria trip. Breaking so, news. So it's like, ooh, yeah, that's oh, you know, I, you know, Deli, I, I can't say I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his, but it's getting to a bit of a low point for me. I'm uh, starting to get a bit fed up. Do you remember that the documentary reminded me he got suspended for a few games last season for like an online video. Uh, during coronavirus and yeah. stuff like that really irritates me and uh, I, don't, I don't think he's doing enough for us to, to justify some of these some things he does you know and he's not turning up to the games enough but uh, you know it's been week one of the new season so if he goes out maybe that will be the kick up the arse that he, he kind of needs you know yeah, he seems to be fixated on food, but he doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the box. I mean, do, I think on a documentary, it was one of the things when, he, when, they, when they had the COVID lockdown and he says, I learned how to make baked beans. I didn't last once. And they went, yeah. and they went, <laughs> they look at, well, you just put it in a bowl, a saucepan and, oh, microwave, yeah, microwave and eat them up. Like to, and he's like, whether or not yeah. he's come through academies and this, that and the other, and he's, he's grown up not being shown how to do this stuff because he's already done for him or he just ain't that smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I, don't I, know. I don't know how much, I don't know how much longer I can kind of keep, you know, pushing, like when I bring him up to friends and that, they, they won't have a word of it. They think it's hilarious. You know, that the other clubs don't see him, you know, like, like the player he was. And um, I, I think he needs to sort it out. I don't know what it's going to take maybe going out low and he might think, hold on a minute. I had the, and a chance in my lifetime, you know, at Spurs and becoming an established first team player, second behind Kane and Son, if you like. And suddenly he might be shipped off to um, some other club, you know, and uh, yeah, he needs to really, really think about it, um, himself. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, uh, scoring go- scoring goals in, in international tournaments, represent his country. It's, you know, it's interesting. But then again, if we have players like that, they equally become transfer rumour fodder. Uh, than us always out there looking for players, right? So it's it's always been that case. I mean, you, if you go back to the Bell thing, you know, where we were always a selling club for the longest time, and now we're a buying club, but we then have the money to be buying, but then we're linked with everybody. And um, like the, the the one of the links I said about uh, about Reg, as you called him, right? Let's call him Reg. <laughs> Reg, Reg. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reggie. Um, there was another little tidbit about him that um, they couldn't agree, you know, basically terms and conditions or personal terms, you know, right now. So I doubt that's at that stage right now if he's having a medical. But, you know, that seems to be the the uh, the Daniel way in regards to the hard bargaining, you know. But, uh, yeah, yes, I, whether, I thought... whether Daniel will ask for a million off or something right at the last stage, you know, or something like that. But no, I, I think we'll get over the line and I hope this is a, a sign of things to come. You know, this is more like it. You know, these are the players we need to be going for. It would be huge news if, if Bale wasn't involved, you know, left back 23 year old from Spain for Real Madrid. And 
you know, um, you know, it's a great signing. I think we're we we kind of under under looking it a bit, aren't we? Yeah, it would be interesting to interesting to see how how that player thinks about Gareth and what's happening because a lot of it isn't to do with him. It's about to do with you know Bell's relationship with uh, Zizou, right? So there's lots of other stuff that's going on there, and and then if he comes in, obviously he knows. Um, Davies as well from the national team and I'm sure he knows a lot of the other guys for some you know socializing and hanging about I'm sure they'll talk to each other a lot anyway but uh it's it'll be interesting to see if it if it uh if it flies I mean I I look at things as it stands right now and we all walked into that documentary at the end and I said it kind of ended out it fizzled out like it's not like the Sunderland one where they got relegated. It's not like the Man City one where they won the title. It's kind of like, oh, we finished six and that's the season <laughs> over. And uh, well, that was interesting. Thanks so much and goodbye. Um, I kind of went, I was watching it and I was kind of half working at the time and in my home office. I goes, oh, did it finish? Oh, yeah. It was just, <laughs> here goes Jan Vertonghen and Vorm and, um, and they have a little party at the end. And it's like, uh, roll up the shutters and turn off the lights. Like, oh. I thought they were going to miss out the, the Palace game completely. I was angry about it. Didn't we, didn't we play Palace on the final yeah. day game? And then they're kind of showing us hanging on for a draw right at the end. You're like, oh yeah, of course. The only, the really, fu- the funniest thing that was said in, in the whole nine episodes was uh, Livy and Mourinho do the dare walk, right? And and they obviously both of them don't like the heights. And Mourinho's standing at the top. And he's looking. Oh look, there's my there's my seats. And he says, and he just lo- jokes to Daniel and he says, we should bring all the agents up here, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> when we're negotiating, yeah, yeah. It's just, but with no harness, right? You just, just yeah. hang them around. Hang on to this big cock. And we'll <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You ever you're gonna go up there? Do you reckon? Oh, definitely. Uh, when we go, uh, my wife is a definite no. My boy is 11 and it will be a... Uh, oh, it'll be... Uh, maybe. Yeah, no, of course he will. It, it, it'll, be, it'll be in front of me. He'll have to go and he'll be strapped in. So he'll do it. He'll be fine because it's... My, it's... My, my little nephew is about 11 years old and he'll, he'll be up there in no time. Him, him and my brother's got um, season tickets in, in Paxton, I think is where they are. And um, yeah, oh, mate, I think it's great that um, things like that, you know, the fans can do. Isn't it funny because you call it the Paxton? Doesn't that road not exist anymore? Isn't it? Oh gone? yeah, I'm not sure anymore. I I used to have my season ticket in Paxton, but oh god, who knows? Oh, that's the f- well, so the first place I was when I when I used to watch games was Paxton, Paxton Lower, Lower. yeah. And then uh, yep. then I was on the shelf front row of the shelf for ages, and then uh, yeah yeah, good time. In fact, my last ever game there, well, this was two. It was it was the third and fourth last games before obviously we finished, and we played uh, Bournemouth. Watford, I think both both four nil wins. We watched um, uh, Jack Wheelchair get his foot broken again by Harry Kane. Uh, I heard and, you on another episode. You had yeah, a big, big grin on yeah, your face. Yeah, <laughs> grin on my face. And and, and, we, and I, so I, my first ever game was Paxton Lower, uh, kind of West Side. And my last ever game there was was and I didn't realise that. It brought a little tear to my eye. It was interesting, you know, when you kind of go, oh, I didn't re- even think about it. I turned up in the spot and went, oh, crap, this is almost the exact same spot. My first ever game. Yeah, you know, that's great, it, isn't uh, it? My yeah, my brother um, did the floors in in the stadium, like in that part of the stadium. He's, he owns his own floor lane business, so they upgraded his season tickets to a hospitality suite. So he took me to uh, the first leg against Leipzig, and cool, um, you know, it wasn't great, you know, with a one nil loss. But um, yeah. it's amazing walking into the lounge and being served. You know, all the beers are lined up, you know, free to take, and you got all these uh, nibbles. And I, of course, I remember as a boy going to White Hart Lane. 
and having all the local uh, Tottenham community, you know, making the burgers and the greasy hot dog for you. And now they're walking around in, in butler outfits with champagne <laughs> and oh, and the music's playing. Oh, what an experience. I, I'm really glad that I, I got to go in February just before, obviously, all of COVID. And uh, boy, am I glad that I got to go yeah. down there. I'm still, I, I've seen it being built. I've, I was, the beginning of last season, we were over and of course the, it wasn't ready for, const, for construction. So I saw a game at Wembley and a game at, away at Watford and um, we're planning right now to try and go back at Christmas. The tickets were booked eons ago, but that looks like it ain't happening because what's the point in going if you've got to sit in quarantine for two weeks? So um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll 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 be the right time when it's meant to go. But I I, I anticipate being emotional the first time I go in there. I know I will. Uh, it's... How can Bell make his uh, debut or his, his re-debut without any fans? That's, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, well, it have you right? heard about that? Because I know that... Um, They've been talking about having test events and they've, they've looked at a number of, whether it be a Premier League game or a, um, a Legends event or, or, or the, uh, the Ladies uh, Super League, uh, Women's Super League, about having some fans back. They were talking about uh, working it out with the, um, the London boroughs and with the mayor um and even with the prime minister talking about 13 to 15,000 there was talk of yeah 13 uh, to 15 well, well we've certainly got one of the newest stadiums to do that not every ground can but we're, I'm sure yeah. we can but how, but how would that be fair to the other teams you know playing yeah home? I don't know but it's it's you know in certain areas you think some of the older stadiums where the where the, the stands are compartmentalized like the old you know west stand you couldn't kind of move from the west to the east or whatever you're in you're in but it might be easier doing it that way rather than the new stadium where basically it's like a north american stadium where you can just walk around right yeah uh, I, I i don't know i mean we'll, we'll see how that goes i hope so because you know if everything lifts and we do go back you know i hope to pull as many strings as i can and you know and uh, and get in there and <laughs> it'll happen eventually but it'll i think it'll be a sweet sweet day when, oh, it, when you get it there. will be and I, <laughs> I think i'd rather go when it's full i'd you know if they said we can go we can get you in and watch a game but it'll be you know fifteen thousand fans out of 66 and i kind of get yeah, you know, and you've been waiting all your life for that moment yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly I, I feel exactly the same so bearing in mind what everybody else is doing what we're doing all the stuff we're talking about I know I, we've talked about short-term predictions in the last couple of days. Uh, what do you think about, you know, uh, putting you on the spot here for, for the season? Do you have any thoughts on, you know, where we're going to be? Are you optimistic, pessimistic, uh, about the same as where we are? And, you know, where do you think we might land? Yeah, good question. I mean, like, what we've got two weeks left of the transfer window. If, if we can get um, O'Reg and uh, Bale over the line with them signings, that, you know, that, that's the big decider, isn't it? I think with those signings, I, I think we can we can crack on and, and go all the way. You know, I've, I'll go out there and say that. I, I do believe in the team. I think Bale is, is that missing link and then just um, strengthening up in, in other areas. However, if we don't make those signings and we continue with the team that we've got, I, I think we're probably going to fall at the last hurdle again, as we do. Um, I could see us going far in the Europa League. I mean, I, I think Mourinho is... is Definitely targeting that one. You know, he's done it with United. I think he realises bringing um, some silverware from Europe home to White Hart Lane is, 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 would be the biggest accomplishment, really, even if it is the Europa League. I mean, that's what we used to win as well, right, in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think, you know, we could have a really good European Cup run. I believe we can win it if we, if we can get the, those big signings uh, over the line. I think we can challenge at the top of the league. 
Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I really believe it. It's all injuries as well. Keep the team fit. Give Harry more of a rest. He can't keep playing. He will get injured again mid-season if he just starts every game. We've got to learn how to rest him. And we've got to have someone else to, to step into his shoes occasionally. Um, we've got a great team. They're experienced. I think a lot of them realise this is it. Like there's, There is not a season after this. Mourinho's got his first full season like he wanted. Last year, it was all excuses, injuries, you know, mid-season start. Fair enough. You know, I, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but not this season. There's no excuse. And that first game was disappointing, but I'm willing to to look past that. And um, we've got to go on a winning run. And we've got to show the rest of the league that we're, we're being taken serious. Um, it'll be heartbreaking for anything less than that. You know, we expect something of another level now at Tottenham. And as I said, when I was a little boy, we, we weren't this. We, we were mid-table. We were we were fighting, releg- not quite relegation, but we were finishing 14th, 15th. And that's the Spurs that I, I was used to when I was a kid. And <laughs> I, I'll, I, I'll never bitch and whine about um, about Spurs because I, I remember what it was like in the early, uh, in the late 90s for myself. And look at the club we are now. I've only ever seen Tottenham progress. And um, I, I won't say a bad word against him. So I love this progression. I, I love where we are. Levy's not perfect. Um, and I've, I, you know, but I have to admit, what he's done since he took over and, and the, 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 how we've grown and levelled up while other clubs haven't, I think we have to remember that where, where we came from sometimes. The 90s were fucking awful, weren't they, sometimes? And, yeah, um, oh my yeah, God. I so, mean, I, 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 remember, I remember I watched, you know, occasionally they show like a highlights game. And, and I, I'm sure there's sections of that, um, of those seasons that I've deliberately kind of semi erase my memory and I look at some of those players and I go who the fuck was that who was that <laughs> who was that and you can you yeah. see the name on the back you kind of go oh yeah fuck. yeah yeah I remember him yeah he was pants right you Can't know believe and, it sometimes yeah, yeah. yeah and you look at some of the squads and you've got like you know that obviously we've always had flare players and highlight players and whatever in amongst them but then you go oh my god then you look at oh it's and and then you then you kind of go well I'm I'm surprised we struggled but then again it's but it's a different if if that team had been around now or those teams we'd have been gone right we'd have been oh, yeah. out of the division you know with it's a strong way, lead now yeah with the investment and this that and the other and I I, I you know I agree with you that uh, I mean I look at all the other teams and and if you look at where you know obviously all the all the money that um, that Chelsea spent, all the money that obviously Man United continue to spend, all the depth of uh, depth of squad that uh, Liverpool have, that Man City have. Unfortunately, you know, also, uh, you know, uh, the Woolwich Wanderers seem to be settling down and and uh, and using, you know, the old Chelsea veterans pool to to bring them up <laughs> with other players, and and you know they've got you know a solid a solid manager. Um, yeah, we've got to stay on top of things, haven't we? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Looking so over our if, shoulder. If we, I think that's probably, you know, if you're looking at putting, you know, some flames under Levy's feet, I'm sure if I was Mourinho, that's what I'd be saying. Look at all these other play, are these, these other teams. And we finished sixth. And if we don't do anything right now, you know, we are not going to finish sixth, you know, this year. We're going to finish below that. And then, you know, it, Again, talking about bits about the documentary, but it doesn't matter in it or not. And he turns around and says, well, we're going to earn less money this year than last year, pre-COVID, because why? Uh, not higher up in the league, didn't reach Champion League final. Um, you look at the finances now, and, and these teams are looking at 
trophies or if not trophies then they're looking at being as high up the league as they can and as deep into competitions as they can because it's all you know pounds dollars cents yen whatever you want to call it and that that allows us to bring those players in and you know you you can't knock as much as people do enic out and this set and the other if you honestly go and look at you know that a a team from the mid 90s you know and uh, who was the manager when you first watched it was it like jerry francis i I thought i thought he was always the manager when i was eight years old i was oh it's always hoddle right and uh (laughs) Yeah, and then for me, it all kind of turned around a little bit when um, Jacques Santini was sacked and then uh, Yo took over. And I, I was there at the first game when we lost 5-4 to Arsenal. But it yeah. felt like things were changing and I think it was all upwards from there. But um, yeah, it's been amazing growth um, because of Levy and, um, you know, Tottenham. Um, I think I think we can compete this this year. Like we, we are looking good, and and everyone always says, "Oh, Tottenham, you don't belong there. You, you shouldn't be first, blah." But I remember when they told us about you know the top six or like even the top half of the table. They said, "Oh, Tottenham, you don't belong there. Like, we can go all the way, and we, we, you know we can be that the biggest club in England again." Um, there's no reason why not. This is the all or nothing season. You know, it, like. But Mourinho always does it in his second season. He's had, you know, this amazing signings coming in. You know, we're strengthening in the right places. I, God knows what will happen. If, if we have another season again, like we did last year or worse, oh, man, I, I dread to think. I, I don't believe that can happen. I'm going to throw one word at you because I think it may make the difference. And we talk about um, all of the clubs, you know, um, I, I, I take, you know, probably the only one that isn't in that model um you know per se is is the Woolwich Wanderers they they obviously they're all owned by you know billionaires and oligarchs of sorts but Man United and Arsenal I don't know but if you look at the Chelsea's and the Man City's and even to put Liverpool with the Glaziers and certainly other than how they've come up through the line is that it's the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium right every other yeah. stadium as you know the new ones have all got names and there's massive talk about one word amazon what what do you i mean imagine it, stadium rights alone will probably drop us you know like uh, who knows three four hundred million into the bucket and then potential sponsorship but there's also talk of deeper investment you know potential buyouts yeah. i mean the, as much as you kind of sit there and don't want to buy a title I want to buy a tile. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm okay with it now. We, we need to go all the way. Let's let's do what it takes. I mean, let's not sell ourselves, but um, we, we need to win the title. It's it's all about winning winning for us now. And um, yeah, Amazon. I mean, ethically, they should pay the taxes. And um, uh, you know, that's another story. But I guess they are a big name and a lot of money. Was it Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world? And uh, Amazon is not a bad thing to put on your stadium. The, the Amazon Stadium and having it on the shirt and everything. I'm not against it. It's it's better than the Tesco stadium i guess <laughs> yeah i i i you know you, you see these people and you know what and that's where i think that that financial stability and viability you talked about you know the way that the back end runs the spurs from your experience in a new stadium and how much money they make on food and drink on a match day obviously they're suffering right now with nobody in the stadium but if you look at the way the business model has been set up it's it's you know they will make money for years and years to come organically so with the, with the financial fair play kicking and albeit you know both psg and man city got away with it and, and you know it seems to be a bit of a paper exercise that they kind of avoided getting banned um sure, yeah and a little dig some Mourinho about you know we're doing it the right way um 
I look at all that stuff going around and say, you know what? It, it's if if there's the right investment at the right time. And the thing is, is that Amazon uh, would be buying the complete package. What needs to be done? Investment in the, in the playing stuff. Everything else is done. Stadiums done, right? NFL deal. The, the stadiums that make money hand over fist. World-class training facility. You know, clubs already in top half of the table. You're not doing a... Um, you're not coming in and trying to drag somebody up from the from the bottom end. You know? Yeah, I mean, how many billion are we talking about, and how much did Levy um, pay for Spurs to begin with? What, you know, what was what were we when he bought it off? Um, well, I guess it wasn't Sugar, was it? Someone there was another owner after Sugar. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it wasn't a club that it is now. It's amazing what he's built, and um, yeah, you know, um, it's, an, it's, it's it, you're right. It's the full package, isn't it? You're buying a new elite club, you know, like not one that everyone knows, but the new kid on the block, and it's, it's got all the makings of a top team. I mean, I, I want to watch what I say once again, so we still have a lot to prove. But um, I, I'm extremely pr- proud of the club, and uh, I never thought we would ever get to this level. If I'm honest, I always remember the stadium being talked about 20 years ago, and but to see it in, in actuality. Uh, I, I like blush when I when I think about it. Sometimes it's amazing to think a little old Spurs, really. I shouldn't really say that, but it felt like that when I was a kid. And now this this global force, and um, and I, I do a lot of travelling, and and people know Tottenham. You know, everyone knows Harry Kane, and I uh, I never thought that would be the day. No. Yeah, I, you know what? And that's I think that's a that's a nice place for it. I think that conversation kind of like it 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 shows you know both sides of being a Spurs fan you've got the passion and the love and everybody wants success um and then you've got the whole business side as well where you know you've got all the you know, Enoch out Levy out crowd uh, you know and, and I understand what they're saying you know because if you look at it and you look at where um uh, we are but we wouldn't have that conversation if we weren't batting at that level you know we wouldn't be having this conversation if we were sitting you know bottom mid you know uh, premier league um or, or languishing anywhere else god forbid like leeds have for the last 16 years you wouldn't be having this conversation but we're sitting at that that upper echelon and, and we want to press on and we wouldn't be there unless that group took us from you know as you say that all the all the investment and all of the you know if you want to say inward investment and all of that fiscal responsibility and to get us to where we are right now it's it's you know i i'm sure i've had many people you know i'll have conversations with many people i'm sure on this podcast who completely disagree with me uh, <laughs> yeah but, i was gonna say we could get someone on that has a completely the opposite opinion yeah, you know? and uh, i can see that argument too like i hear a lot of people saying when we were so close to winning the title why didn't they just spend a little bit more to get us over the line but i don't think things are that straightforward and um i think i think they do want the bet they they want us to win it's not like they don't um i think they, they do everything within their means um well yeah you know um i think i think we've we've come a long way really haven't we Spurs? yeah and if you look at i mean i, I always laugh at people right now it says that chelsea went out and spent all this money look at chelsea look at chelsea i went well they couldn't buy anybody for a year and a half so what do they do stick it in the bank and now all yeah. of a sudden they've got all this money to spend and they went bang 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 and then they're able to grow their youth and academy players at the same time which we've still done as well and i'm hoping tanganga has a great season and uh we shall see how that runs so i think yeah. it's a great place to wrap up uh we've had a great conversation um as i said to daniel offline before i started i'm going to do any little um uh, canadian wide updates um 
out there on my little epilogue. Um, I would love to also try and find somebody further east than Halifax and as north as you can get. Um, uh, you know, if, even if you're a northern territory somewhere, you know, Yukon, even if it's Fort McMurray or somebody north in in the uh, northern Quebec, uh, I don't mind anywhere. It just uh, uh, drop me a line. Uh, find us on on Twitter um, and also at uh, a, a True North uh, Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to uh, a great season. I hope, albeit an inauspicious. <laughs> start uh, with the game or Everton so great to be back uh, a nice long hour plus uh, season two episode one of the True North podcast come on you Spurs come on you Spurs so there we go it's in the bag uh, Daniel forgot to mention uh, in the middle of the pod we mentioned it afterwards he's going to come and see everybody in Victoria um, so hopefully you guys and girls will look after him when he visits I forgot uh, to give you my email address correctly, truenorthpod at gmail.com. So give us a shout if you want to be on the call or if you've got anything to say, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, recording this is about my ninth attempt. I'm really, really tired right now. Uh, we've played our game in Europe and snuck through. So off to Macedonia now and we've got Caribou Cup and all the craziness and no news on Reggie as we've christened him and Bale. And also hearing sniffs about a second South Korean joining the club. So who knows? Uh, lots more to come in the weeks to come as we go through the season. And uh, it's been a great way to start. Want to be on the pod? Give us a shout. North, south, east or west? Uh, not too far south. Um, no offence to our American friends. Come on you Spurs. Hi there, this is Steve Perriman. I just want to say hello to all the Spurs fans out there in Canada. Come on, you Spurs. That was a podcast by True North Production.